0: Welcome to the University of Adversity. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to University of Adversity. If you're new to the show, welcome to the family. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. I had a great conversation with my next guest. We unpacked his story, what he's gone through, and really how this guy had no other chance, no other option. He burned all the boats in order to become successful as an entrepreneur. He is mentored so many people in the industry. He is one of the most genuine, hardworking, innovative people out there, as far as I can see, and people trust this guy. He He's proven to be what you see is what you get, no bullshit, and we unpack a lot. So a little bit about him. He's a seven-figure digital marketer. He's also a real estate investor, a speaker, and he's the co-founder of the ACE Initiative platform, which is all about taking somebody with no experience starting a business to being able to create generational wealth. He's also the co-founder of Unify events, which we're going to talk about just a second, which is all about bringing people together who have the vision to be an entrepreneur, whether whatever step of the journey you're at, whether you're a beginner, whether you're intermediate advanced, this event is going to be for you. And I'm actually, I'm getting the opportunity to be able to go there, and get on the mic and have a bit of fun and interview people and really capture that content and really try and bring out the fire within the group and probably get a chance to interview and speak with some of the the best speakers out there. So I'm excited. This was a great conversation. My guest, his name is Brian Hodgson. You guys, he is a real deal and I know you're gonna love this conversation. So without further ado, sit back, relax, enjoy the conversation. Brian Hodgson coming right up. Brian Hodgson, the Inked Entrepreneur. What's up, brother? What's
1: happening, bro? How are you doing, <laughs> bro? It's a long time, no talk.
0: Yeah, bro. As always, we're, we're sitting here talking before we hit the record button, and I'm like, fuck, all right, we got to... <laughs> we got to get this on camera. <laughs> we got to save some juice, man. We got to yeah, save totally. some juice. So yeah. it's been a little while, man, but it's 2020. Fucking new new decade, you know, powerful decade for you from, you know, your story and everything that you've been able to create, you know, with ACE and Unify and all that, man. Yeah. Lots
1: changed, man. It's, it's uh, crazy what can happen in 10 years.
0: Yeah, right? man. You know? It's crazy when you think about 2010 to, to 2020. Like it's like, Dude, a, I looked at
1: myself in 2010 and I don't even look anything <laughs> like I do right now. You know, like I can't even believe I dressed the way that I dressed, you know, like, and I bet you in 10 years from now, I'm going to look back and be like, I'm still like
0: Oh man, it's crazy. It's it is, man. Blows my mind. But dude, so I know a lot of people, you know, know you now or the last few years, you know, at what you've been able to create is fucking yeah. incredible. Your leadership, your innovation, all that. But what I want to talk about first is like young Brian growing up. I always find it fascinating to 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 know what somebody went through growing up and was being an entrepreneur and a hustler always something in your DNA, or was that something that you learned over time? What was it like for you growing up?
1: Yeah. So, when I was younger, man, like I wasn't, like I grew up in a really small town called the Ald- Grove. You might know where the Grove oh, yeah, is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and as I was growing up, like, you know, I had a pretty middle class lifestyle. I don't really have entrepreneurs in my family whatsoever. In fact, I think even now I am the only one. And, you know, I went to school, I did all the like normal kids stuff. I had a pretty normal life at a young age. I actually lost my father. So I grew up for since the age of 11 until I think uh, like 12 or 13, I was first introduced to my, my now stepdad. Right. And you know how that whole stepdad thing goes where it's just like this, this clash. Right. And so there was a lot of clash. I was, I started turning into a rebel. I started doing things that you know, because of the fact that I just didn't have any guidance. I didn't have anyone to tell me I can't do things because I didn't want to listen to anybody. And and at that time I was entitled and figured I knew it all already, you know, and like looking back now, like obviously my stepdad was looking out for the best and like, I mean the times he probably had to go through (laughs) handling the stuff that I had that I was doing at the time when I was a kid was insane. And so at about 15, 16 years old, I moved out and I moved to Alberta, Canada, a completely different province away from my family. And I enrolled myself into high school and, and I got a place I was in this place, bro. And there's was, this, I was living with this girl. I've never met her. I, I like looked at this ad on Craigslist. It was like room and board kind of thing, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, whatever. It was like a couple hundred bucks a month for this room. Right. And so I get to Calgary and I get into this chick's house and she's she just got a boob job and like, she is out of it. She's on like drugs and stuff. And I was like, whatever, like, I'm just here. I'm just, I'm going to school. It's not a big deal. This is just yeah. kind of how I'm starting my life, you know? Yeah. And so I went to school for a couple of years and realized like, this is like, I'm not getting anywhere. I'm barely surviving. I'm barely eating food. The, the people at the gas station up the street, give me a stack of coupons for Domino's that were $2 pizzas because they knew like I didn't have money and they're just letting me like trying to help me survive, you know? And so I ended up having no choice but to drop out of school in about grade 10 and a half because oh, obviously, shit. you know, like I didn't, I didn't like the, to be a hundred percent honest, man. Like I'm really good at learning things that I'm interested in. If I'm not interested in what you're teaching, I can't even listen to it for 30 seconds. Like I'm just going to leave, you know, like yeah. I can't handle it. And so I ended up skipping school all the time. And I needed to make money. Like I just couldn't survive doing school and paying rent and trying to have a job and juggle it all at 16 years old, you know? And so I ended up from that point, my brother got me a job in the oil field in Northern Alberta. And that's literally where I would stay for about four or five years. And everything was pretty good. It was pretty normal from there. Like I was making good money. Oil field in Alberta pays good. It's like the only real job you can go in with zero education and make six figures a year, you know. And so I was like, "Well, that's where I'm going because, I mean, what other option that I had was I was working in a garden, (laughs) a home and garden place, like just unloading trucks with trees in them and stuff. And so it just wasn't wasn't something I envisioned myself. And neither was the oil field, but it paid well. And so that's where I stayed for the next five years. And then, I mean we all know like the oil and gas industry can be fragile and it's up and down as usual. Um, There's high season, low season, that kind of thing. And I think, I can't remember what year it was, 2013 or maybe 14, the oil field crashed. And that's when, you know, I had to, like, I had to get out and find something else, find other sources of work. There was nothing really going on back home. There was nothing happening in the oil field. And all the people from the oil field go back home and find jobs. So there's very, there's very little to choose from. And this is where my life started turning like in a very bad direction, where I started hanging out with people that you know, I probably shouldn't have been surrounding myself with. But again, when, when you've distanced yourself from your family because of the fact that I thought they were all wrong and I was right and believe me, like my family, they're not, they're successful people. Like they're, they're not like, my mom's got a beautiful house with a nice view. Like, like they're doing well. But for me, it was just like, I'm not, I'm not listening to you guys. Like, you know what I mean? And so I took my own way and my own path. And like, I hid it from my family for the longest time, but you know, I started hanging around with drug dealers and I started selling drugs myself. And I did that for a year. And you know, there was a lot of instances where like, you know, I knew I was doing something wrong and I'm not the type of person. I know I like when you're looking at me on camera, if you can see this, like <laughs> obviously I can be perceived as that now, you know, but the tattoos are, they're not gang tats. They're all related yeah. to my family, the people that have passed in my life and the ones that I love the most. But mm. at that time, like I didn't have any direction and, you know, I was making money every single day, cash in hand. You know, and it got to a point in my life where I was actually watching people destroy themselves, you know, like people that are just coming out of high school, 20 years old, and they're smoking crack at their parents' house and stealing from their parents. And I remember the very last time I decided, like, you know what, I can't do this anymore. I've watched enough people, I've watched a lady get her kids taken away, I've watched a guy lose millions of dollars that he had built this empire and got addicted to drugs. I got I watched this young guy who is his family had paid, you know, his way through rehab several times and and lose everything. You know, and I'm the one that's basically feeding them, you know, this habit. And so I got to a point where I started telling people like, "Listen, like I'm not going to be doing this forever, but while I'm doing this." And I said this to this 20-year-old and I think it I may have impacted him. I don't know. I don't know where he is to this day, but I remember going to this twenty-year-old because his 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 sister hit me up and was like, "He's not supposed to be doing this shit. You're, you know, like please stop talking to my brother. Stop selling him the shit." And like I felt bad, like I yeah. still have a conscience, you know. So, of course. A conscience. And so, I told this guy like he's telling me, "I want to quit. This is the last time. This is the last time." I'm like, "Okay, listen. I'm gonna make you a deal right now. This is the very last time you're gonna call me. From this point forward." I will never answer my phone ever again from your call. And he agreed to it. And I remember probably two days later, he's blowing up my phone, like trying to get more drugs. And I was like, listen, like I can't do this, bro. Like I'm not coming to meet you. You made me a deal that this was the last time your family is asking you to stop. They're worried about you. You've gone to rehab. You're stealing things from your family to sell it, to get drugs. Like this is terrible, man. And I'm fucking like, yeah, I've had, I've had three cousins in the last two years pass away from drug use, you know? And it's like, I just, I got to a point where it was just like, man, I really can't watch this anymore. And so I stopped, I quit, I gave back all the drugs, phones, everything. And like, if you know that, that industry, even though it's not like a legit industry, like that industry to get out of is extremely hard and it can be dangerous. Um, to just walk out of like that. But I mean, I didn't really have an option. I didn't want to stay in it any longer. And, uh, and like I was, it was a matter of time before you get caught and go to jail. And like,
0: yeah,
1: that's not who I am deep down. Like or, get to, or, or get killed or get killed. There's only two ways out. Yeah. You die or you go to jail.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, And this is, you know, this was my life and like, as a kid, like I had a normal life and now here I am selling drugs and I'm like, where the fuck did I go wrong? You know, like what the fuck am I doing here? Yeah. And so I quit. I didn't have a fucking job. I had nowhere to go. I ended up having to go back to Alberta and I went back to the oil field. And again, that's where I stayed for the next five years. Right. And so like, I had this really weird time in my life where I had no idea what I wanted. Absolutely no idea. I had no direction. I had no father figure to really, you know, tell me what was right and wrong because it wasn't like my dad just passed away. Like, and we knew it was happening. It was a car accident that he was involved in. And actually yesterday was this, it would have been his 59th birthday. He died when he was 35. I was 11 years old. And immediately like, I didn't know how to deal with my emotions. My mom knew I didn't know how to deal with my emotions. I literally When that day came, I was at my friend's house just down the street from my parents' house for two months, the entire summer, I didn't come home because I just couldn't be around the family like atmosphere because of what was happening, you know? And so I think that although like I look at it now, like, you know, I probably could have dealt with things uh, a lot differently. I just didn't know. I didn't like there's nothing, there's no guidance. If there's no guidance, how are you supposed to know what's right and what's wrong? Yeah, you know? Yeah. And when you're dealing with people who seem like they're compassionate for you, you know, you're going to do what you're, what you're going to do. Right. And, yeah. and if that's the only people that are in your circle, I mean, this is why I, I find it like so crucial to find your circle and make sure it's a good circle. Cause I mean, you could get yourself into you know, some serious shit, man. And that's, yeah. that's basically the first 10 years of my life. You know, like in a yeah. nutshell. Like if I really went deep, bro, like we could go into this call for hours. I mean, I going yeah. to do that, but like, yeah. yeah, bro, it was it was rough. It was a rough go. But if it didn't happen, I wouldn't know or be who I am now. You know, yeah. because yeah. I mean, like that's I true. had fucked up so bad, and I knew that I fucked up so bad that it's like I'm gonna spend the rest of my life doing everything I can to repair that. And that's how I feel like I've taken on this last 10 years of my life you know so
0: it's it's crazy when you're that young to lose somebody right like it's hard enough as it is at 11 or 12 your fucking teenage years shit's hard man i would yeah. not if fucking pay me money to go back to those days i wouldn't man
1: yeah well
0: you know like
1: it's like you watch all your friends with their with their you know father yeah. and like yeah. they're enjoying all this time with them and you just don't have that environment yeah like, And like, it makes you feel like you can't be a part of that. And so you go to a crew that has a very similar lifestyle where they have nobody except for, and that's how gangs and these kind of things begin is they just don't have anybody.
0: Right. Did you, so over the years, obviously, you know, learning more about yourself and developing, you look back, do you, do you see like some of the trauma and the patterns now it's a lot easier to identify now? than it was because nobody talked about, you know, when we were in our early twenties and shit, nobody talked about trauma or like losing somebody at a young age. Like, you know, like ego got in the way. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Too hard
1: to talk about because of the fact that you don't want people to know
0: that you're soft. Right. Yeah. That's the thing is we're taught to be, hard You know, I I you know playing hockey my whole life. It's like, oh, you're a pussy if you talk about this or that or whatever, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, yeah. fucking being strong is holding it in. Yeah. Like, be right. fucking tough. <laughs> you yeah. Know? And that's and dude, for the longest
1: time. And then I went from that to the oil field, which is very much the same environment. Yeah. You know, like it is crazy how toxic the oil field is. Oh man. Like people, like, I, and then I to be a hundred percent honest, I never noticed it while I was in the oil field. Yeah. You know, because it's again, you're a product of the environment and you just start becoming exactly like everyone else is, you know? Yeah. And so now that I look back at it, I look back at it, I'm like, man, I was treated like shit. And because of that, I treated people like shit. And it's just this ruthless cycle. And you look at the people that are 65 years old and they're miserable. They're not happy and they're still working, you know. And it's like, I don't want like I don't, I don't form see myself doing this. Right. Right? And so my son was born about six years ago. This was about the end of my career in the oil field was when my son was born because it completely changed everything for me. My biggest thing was, you know, I didn't have the father figure in my life. And so I was concerned that by me being in the oil field, there was times I'd be gone for three months at a time, you know, and it's, it's, I have no choice. Like this is my career choice at this point. And if I say no, I can't be here. You're gone. You're fired. You know, like it's no sweat off their back. They'll bring the next guy in. You're just a number. You yeah. know. And so when my son was born, I was like, I don't like. You know, I grew up without my father. Um, my son is not experiencing this. You know, like I'm not having him experience this. And so the last three months I was gone from the oil field would have been the last time I was in the oil field. The oil field crashed again. I was up in Grand Prairie looking for work. There was nothing. There was people, there's stacks of resumes at these, at these offices, you know, like nobody's hiring yeah. machines are parked. And, you know, I was just got to the point where I was like, you know what, I'm going home. Like uh, this isn't working. Like I'm going home. And I went home, man. And me and my brother got this gig on the, in Kelowna, BC, mm. and it was building this guy's retaining wall. And this was when there was a, a positive shift in my life. What year are
0: we talking? I like to know the years. Yeah. So this was,
1: this was, this would have been 2015.
0: Okay. And
1: so I'm building this guy's retaining wall and like these got these blocks are 80 pounds. I'm on the, I'm on the side of this mountain overlooking Kelowna Lake, yeah. beautiful view. This guy's got Porsche, this beautiful truck, this like beautiful house. Uh, he's spent probably $40,000 on this retaining wall and, and whole backyard development. And this guy never leaves he's always at his house or he's going boating or he's with his friends, you know? And I'm like, well, what? Like this guy's got to be doing something, you know, like I'm, I'm interested to know what this guy is doing. So he was a nice enough guy. I asked him, I was like, listen, like, I'm just curious, what do you do? You know, like hoping to God, he doesn't say like a doctor or a lawyer or something. Yeah. You know? like, Cause those things are kind of out of reach for me and I'm not interested in it, you know? But he was like, I make money online. You know, he's like, I got a massive email list. So I, I blast my email list with products and, and you know, That's how I make my money. And so legit that day I had money saved up from when, you know, the oil field was booming. And that day I quit. I didn't finish his retaining wall. I was like, I'm out of here. And that was the beginning of my online journey. That was the day I decided like, fuck all this shit. I'm Mm -hmm. starting something new. I don't care how new I am at it. I'm going to make it work. And I'm starting today. And so I went home, when I got home, I started researching. And, and funny enough, my my girlfriend's sister was already starting stuff online. She'd already been doing stuff. I didn't even know. And she said that she was doing this this one thing. I'm not even going to name the name because I don't want to send people to this, this company because it <laughs> yeah. did not work out for me. <laughs> 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 and so I went to this company. Now, fortunately, I met my business partner, Brandon Odom, who's still to this day, my business partner and one of the most solid dudes you'll ever meet, you know, like, and so he got me into this. I, 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 got into this company it was terrible. I lost all my money. I lost $80,000 to this company. Okay. But before all of this, when I got into it, I was like, listen, I'm going to live this lifestyle now. I'm not going to wait. So me, my son, my girlfriend, we moved to Costa Rica. I'm like, I'm going to live this, this laptop lifestyle, you know, and we get to Costa Rica. I rent this beautiful house on the edge of this mountain, looking over the ocean, right in front of the sunset, like picturesque kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. And in three months I went broke and I had to move to a town called Tamarindo in Costa Rica. And I moved into this little apartment and I remember it was, it was about $300 a month. It was a complete dive. There was ants, cockroaches, iguanas, fucking ant eaters, like everything all outside my house, inside my house. Like it was insane, you know, and I moved in during the day, the night one at about 10 o'clock at night, all of a sudden I hear this thumping. I'd moved in right next door to a club and I had no idea. And I have a two year old son and my son had been (laughs) terrified of dinosaurs. And he thought that the thumping was T-Rex coming down the street, you know? (laughs) So so it was a nightmare, bro. And so, this is when I was introduced to Enagic, which was yeah. my very first successful business.
0: Yeah.
1: And when I was introduced with it, my credit went to shit. I had zero money in the bank account. I, well, I had $200 to be uh, like hundred percent honest. I had $200, not enough to cover rent, enough to pay for food for me, my son and my girlfriend. And like, dude, this was a tough time. I remember going down to the beach with my son. He wants ice cream. I can't get him ice cream because I don't have, like, I need to manage the money. You know, I get down to the beach. And after that exact moment, we get down to the beach and my girlfriend just starts fucking bawling her eyes out. And like, bro, that was a moment when I knew, like, I'm not, I'm not fucking failing. Like, I can't fucking fail at this, man. Like I gave it my whole heart. The only problem was, was I didn't, I gave it my heart, but I didn't give it the dedication and it needed. You know, like I was in it and I knew that I wanted to do it, but I wasn't to the level of which that I thought that the effort that was needed to actually become successful in any industry was going to be way higher than the effort that I was putting actually into it because I was always looking for shortcuts. And when you're in an industry, there's always people that are like, Hey, buy this. It'll make this easier Buy this. It'll make this faster, you know? And so you're spending money really fast. And it's what we always used to call shiny object syndrome, where you're just getting caught up in, the in, the in the funnels and you're purchasing yeah. things. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and a lot of it is garbage. Even to this day, a lot of it is garbage. There's a lot of stuff that you can just learn on YouTube and it costs you absolutely nothing. Yeah. Right. And so that day we picked up this book, the magic. And I, for those of you guys that know who, what the magic is, like. I'm going to be hundred percent honest. I thought it was a load of shit when yeah. I first got into it, you know? And I was like, why in the fuck am I picking up this rock and rubbing it and talking about the shit that I'm grateful for when I'm broke as fuck and I should be working yeah. you know? and I should be hustling. Well, I did it. I stay yeah. consistent and true to it every single day. And, yeah. and magic was brought to my attention and, and Brandon who got me into this whole entire thing originally got me this, a shark loan basically I had 60 days to pay this guy back $16,000 or fucking God knows what happens. I don't know. I don't even know the guy that was giving me the money, but I was like, fuck it. I'll do it. I don't care. Like I'll figure it out. I always will figure it out one way or another. And so I got this shark loan and I started hustling. And four days later, man, I'd made $15,000 that month. I made 30,000 that year. I made half a million. And then bro, it just took off. And so when I tell people like, listen, like it's going to be frustrating. It's going to be hard, but I'm telling you, like it's when you break through that and you just keep going, even when it's that fucking hard, like it's going to be, it's going to suck, bro. Like you're yeah. going to get through the shit, but if you get through the shit and you just keep going, even when you feel like you're not going to make it, dude, it's inevitable. Like
0: how did you develop that level of belief though, bro? Cause it, from, from what you're telling me, your story most people would, there's no fucking chance that they would even have belief in themselves, right? It's, you had something, there had to be something installed into you when you were growing up, somewhere yeah, along well, the line. Like, listen, how did you have that level of belief? I don't,
1: like, a lot of it was the fact that I didn't want anybody to know that I failed.
0: Okay. You know,
1: like, I was terrified to tell because when I moved to Costa Rica, my family, like my mom, I know she was just trying to help me and, and like, support me in the best way possible. But she was telling me like, save your money, go buy a house, go back to the oil field. Like, what are you doing? You know? And like, this is an old way of thinking. And I almost got caught up in it. And a lot of people that are even going to listen to this are caught up in it right now. They're listening to an old way of building a life. Yeah. Right. And it's just, it doesn't have to be that way anymore. And it's not as sustainable as it used to be. And so, you know, my mom had no idea at this time that I moved to this little shithole. She had no idea that I had lost all my money. You know, it's not something
0: like, you're going to tell your mom. It's one of those. No, things gonna- no
1: And like, I don't, the, the last thing that my last resort would have been, I would have had to call my parents, ask them for money to fly me home and then figure out how to build my, rebuild my life from there. And like to, to think like for the last 10 years, I was fully independent I left my home at a young age. I built my own life. I survived another 10 years just getting through. And, and like, you know, I didn't go to jail. I didn't get shot. I didn't get killed. Like, you know, like I, I built a decent lifestyle out of the oil field. And here I am. Now I'm going to have to rely on my family when I've never done that. And it just didn't feel like the move. And so I was so dedicated to losing it all before even taking that route and by losing it all was i was i mean like i was prepared to negotiate with my landlord on rent like that's how dedicated i was to not failing and giving it dude i had creditors that i was trying to get like some form of credit to just give me some money like dude everybody i was calling people off the hook and so i was doing anything to get the money and i feel like this is a big problem is people think that money is hard to come by but if you just dedicate yourself to finding the money you can start a business and it is attainable just most people are not willing to ask 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 and stay consistent or consistent with with who they're gonna approach for that right and now you know here i am because i went through all that i mean bro i got i'm living in cabo san lucas and this is like the free land you know like i have nothing to worry about here i don't get pulled over by the cops like there's no rules here you know don't kill anybody don't sell drugs and you live freely and that's the life that i've yeah. always wanted right and yeah. so now i spend every day with my son which was the biggest goal of mine simply because i didn't have that right and so now i get to give that to my to my son right mm-hmm. and i know like when i was you know from you know 0 to 11 years old me and my dad had a fucking like bond you know and so when that was stripped from me it was like i want to give that somebody so fucking bad so that yeah. i have that back you know and you know i created a life just for that right yeah and no, it's so important man yeah
0: you know crazy. it's crazy man hearing that story because i've personally heard some of that before and every time i'm just like fuck it's crazy but it just blows my mind how when your back was up against the wall you had no other alternative
1: that's the best situation you can be in, man.
0: Yeah. And what, so what do you see then for most people? What do they lack in somebody that's successful and not?
1: I feel like people that are trying to do it, they're not willing to like burn the bridge and and fully commit to it. You know, they're always like, okay, what's plan B if this doesn't work? For me, it was like, there is no plan B because I don't have I don't even have a GED, you know, like I I dropped out in grade 10 and like split with 11. Like I don't have this or this grand education to take me somewhere else after this. It's either this or back to the oil field. And I am not going back to the oil field. Yeah. Like number one, I have basically told the oil field to fuck off when I left, you know? And so not only am I going to face failure to my family, I'm going to face failure when every single person sees me back in the oil field. Yeah. You know. And then, you know, there's a good probability that if you fail and you quit that the odds of you ever trying again are slim to none because you failed once and now your belief in yourself has just yeah. been diminished. Yeah. You know, and so there's no way I was I was doing that to myself, you know.
0: It's crazy if you fail in the past a lot of times you get stuck on that thing, but that thing is gone. It has nothing to do with your present yeah. situation.
1: Yeah. And like, you're probably way better now than you were yeah. before. You know, yeah. like if I was who I am now, 10 years ago, bro, I would be.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Me and Gary V would be rubbing shoulders all day long. You know? yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know? And so it's just, it's crazy how your life can change in 10 years.
0: Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. So how, how would you say now? Let's say like three to five years. Like, what is the biggest thing that's changed for you at how you look at things as an entrepreneur, as you know, co founders, which we'll get into next about the companies? Like, how has that shifted for you from when you first made your first money to now? So,
1: you go, I feel like before when I first started making money, mm-hmm. I I did develop a bit of an ego. I feel, you know, like, and, and I can be truthful to myself now because I, I, I've seen it. And I seen it in other people as they came up, you know? And so when I first started making money, I was, I was the hot shit, you know, everyone knew who I was. Everyone thought I was the shit. Everyone wanted pictures, autographs, like crazy shit I've never experienced. And I thought it was cool, you know? And so it started getting to me. And then I realized like, holy shit, like I'm not making as much money as I was because I'm focusing so much energy on trying to pump myself up with other people pumping. Mm -hmm. me up, Right. And now it's like, man, I've become so humble in the sense that like, you could be anybody. I don't care who you are. If we, if you are any sort of a good person whatsoever, like I'll jam with you. And if you want to, you know, if you want to learn, if you want to grow, like I'll support you in every way, shape or form. If you want to build a business, what does that business look like? Yeah. How can I help you? How can I serve you Do and and like help you actually achieve that? Are you going to do it? Or like, are you just going to sit here and talk about it? And the difference now is like, then I would be reluctant to say a lot of the things that I'll say now, but now, although I'm very humble, bro, if you're doing something wrong or Or And and there's nothing that's like, in my opinion, if you're doing something wrong, it's not that necessarily it's wrong across the board. It's like, this is not not how I would do it, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I'm going to say it to you in a very direct way. I'm not going to bullshit. I'm not, there is no BS with me. I'm just going to make sure that you know so it's clear so that you can get to where you're going as fast as possible. And the reason why I was like that is because I always had people around me that would just kind of fluff. Like they, they were just, I never had somebody that would just tell me how it is and how, if I had had that, I probably wouldn't have gone through that phase of having an ego and my money and my income just like coming back on the, on the downstroke. And, you know, now I look like Now I feel like it's like, if I had someone like that, or if I could pick the perfect mentor, I would want him to say everything that I needed to hear, regardless if I wanted to hear it or not. And that's the type of person that I want to be for somebody else now, you know? And yeah. so it's a crazy, it's a crazy shift that you go through.
0: Yeah. It's not. Like, man.
1: It's like a flower, man. You just bloom and you die and you bloom again, bro. <laughs> like it's a roller coaster. This and this is why like, sometimes I think like, yeah, entrepreneurship is not for everybody. Yeah. Building a business is not for everybody and you really need to like look inside yourself to decide like, you know, am I ready to go through shit? Am I willing to lose it all to gain everything? Yeah. You know, and I feel like more people will say yes to that answer before they do it. And then they <laughs> get into it and they're like, shit, it's a no for me.
0: Yeah. So, or what about the people that have dipped their toe, been successful, then lose it all? Try and have to go back. That's tough too. Cause yeah. you had a taste of it.
1: Yeah. It's a rebound. You're coming it's off. Like, a rebound. Yeah. It's like, you know, what success looks like and then you failed and now you're questioning your ability before of whether it was not yeah. you know, luck. Right? And I've been there. I've done, I've, I've had the ups and downs and you'll always have ups and downs. Like the idea is not to have, it's not going to be smooth the whole way through. This is, standard across the board. You can talk to anybody that's built a business. You're going to have ups and downs. It's going to go, you know, good and it's going to go bad. Yeah. And so it's just like, are you willing to go through that? And if the answer is yeah, then, you know, strap up the boots boys. It's time to get rolling. That's
0: what I noticed, dude. Like just having, you know, being blessed to have a show like this, to connect with people like yourself and just hearing stories of, of people and realizing how similar we all are. We're just on different levels of the journey, man. Yeah. But yeah. we always want to put ourselves, it's good to compare as far as like what's happening, but you're they're in different spots. Yeah. There's you know, a, they're, they know more. They're, it's they're just so, season.
1: Yeah. This season. Like Gary Vaynerchuk to me, he would look, yeah. make me look like a new entrepreneur. Yeah. You know, but he's got 20, 30 years on me.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know?
1: in 20, 30 years from now, I'm going to be a completely different person, yeah, you know, man. like you're always forever changing, you know, it's yeah. just a matter of changing for the good.
0: Yeah. And being okay with that too. Yeah. Cause that's what happens in entrepreneurship too. Right. Like there's going to be changes, algorithms, fucking people, oh. the shit just needs oh, like Bro, there's just-
1: times where like the people <laughs> I was rolling with, I thought were my crew, you know, and then, and then like you look back and you're like, yeah, man, we had good times then. And yeah. there's going to come a time in in the whole process of it all where like you grow apart and things yeah. get, if it's not that you dislike each other, or you don't like each other, like you love each yeah. other still, but it's just like, listen, like we're just growing distant. We're, you're yeah. going this way and I want to go this way. And like, you know, let's, yeah. let's split here and we'll see you, We see each other again another day, you know, like yeah. it's just your vision. You have to, my vision has always been very clear and it changes, but I've always seen it very clear of where I want to go. And there was never going to be a single, single soul or friend or family that was ever going to tell me that that vision was either not attainable or that I couldn't go in that direction. You know, if it was something that I wanted to do, like one person that inspires me more than anybody in this world is Elon Musk. And the fact that he is willing to sound like a complete nut job for his vision. And like this morning, I woke up at six o'clock in the morning to my girlfriend screaming, because she thought there was aliens outside. And I go outside and the Starlink is flying through the air. Have you seen that thing? I haven't. I've heard about it though. Bro, it is crazy, man. Like, yeah. but that is the level of entrepreneurship that I'm talking about. Is like yeah. you don't think that stuff is attainable because you can't even think it up. But as soon as somebody does, then you realize like, holy shit, like somebody that, that, yeah. that job is actually not so crazy after all. Yeah. You know? And so it's just, you don't see what somebody else sees because your vision and your path is completely different than what his is.
0: Yeah. And it's only based on your, your situations and events that led up to that point from what you're exposed to. Yeah. If you haven't been exposed to anything like that, you don't think it's possible. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean,
1: I've read, I've read a book on Elon Musk and it's like the things that he was, he, he, he's actually built now, like Tesla and SpaceX and all that stuff. He crazy. was talking about back in like high school and like college and shit. Like this isn't something that he just dreamed up in the last 10, 20 years, man. Yeah. He's been thinking about this stuff his whole life. Yeah. You know, like, and that's the real, like reality. Like when I was a kid, like my dream was like, I'm going to be rich. I know yeah. I am. Like that was my dream. It didn't matter that I grew up like middle-class or, you know, like I went through shitty parts of my life. Like I was like, def- like destined. And I don't mean riches in like, I really cared about the money. It was just like, the last thing I wanted to do was struggle, you know, because yeah. struggling is stressful, you know? And so when people are like, oh, money, you know, is the root of all evil. Like that is not, fully true because every single one of you goes after it every single Mm -hmm. day. And it's just your worth, your time is so important. And I don't think people are valuing that quite enough, you know, and I didn't for the longest time I worked in the oil field for $40 an hour, sometimes 50. And still, I thought that that was good money. But now that I look at it, I'm like, I gave an hour of my life for $50 an hour of my life. If you times that hour times 20 years, do you know how many fucking years I probably wasted? You know, times how many hours, 10 years at probably yeah. 12 to 16 hour days? Like, man, I wasted a lot of my life at doing something I don't even want to do. Yeah, you know? And people don't even think about the 10, 15 minutes they waste in a day. And like I told you, Lance, like I'm a fucking huge advocate on time.
0: Yeah.
1: Like I love thinking about, How much time I waste in a day, you know, and not even notice, you know, and Mm. since I've come like conscious of that, where I'm like, oh, shit, I'm scrolling Facebook, you know, like, yeah, like, that was 10
0: minutes, you know, nuts. you get caught in that loop yeah fucking scroll the instagram the facebook the linkedin the fucking email and then you're just like whoa what the fuck am i doing right now yeah
1: yeah. you get stuck in that and when you get stuck in that and you're doing that every single day even if 10 minutes yeah 10 minutes times 20 years every single day if you did that for 20 years you're wasting so much time i
0: know it's crazy you know
1: and like that's why it's like, like people comment on my shit all the time. It's like, man, I would love to comment back to you guys, but this is a fucking waste of time. Yeah. You know, I appreciate I read every single one of them. I appreciate the love and respect, but I'm not going to comment back because it's just a waste of time. No, for sure. But here's my message. I'm glad you got something out of it, but past that, I'm not going to go into, into commenting
0: back on all these things. No, it's smart, bro. It's smart. And you got to think about it like that. Okay. So you're, Let's I want to circle back here. You with it? You you had a couple different opportunities so you started out with a Nagic. Yeah. And then you pivoted over to Ace, Ace Initiative. Yeah. Co-founder of that. Walk us through anybody that doesn't know about Ace and then let's let's get into Unify as well.
1: Yeah. So Ace Ace when after about I think it was about 2 or 3 years into a Nagic I decided like, you know, I wanted a little bit more, I wanted to build something of my own. And it was really interesting to see a lot of these companies. To me, they're very, they're very dedicated to only one thing, you know? And I felt that that was very limiting to how people made money, you know? So you see companies like all these CBD pop-ups that are coming up, like, yeah. And like, you see, you see them like making money, the big guys are making stacks there's no there's no doubt about that but you're still only selling one product and that's your product right and the way that i looked at it was like not everybody likes what you like so how could you you know try to sell everybody on just what you like and you can't because mm-hmm. not everybody's going to buy it and so the way that i looked at it was like i want to build a platform that people can use that can sell anything and anything that could possibly resonate with me with people that I feel like people are going to like that we do a whole bunch of due diligence on to make sure that it's something that is sustainable and bring it all into the platform so anybody can sell this anybody can invest in this like I'm not I don't I don't care how you want to make money like that doesn't matter to me every single person some people aren't going to want to build the magic mm-hmm. right and I don't have a problem with that but why would I let a customer go just because of that? Mm, right. Totally. And so the way that I was looking at it is like, this guy doesn't want to build this business, but maybe he'll want to build a business in e Maybe he wants to learn drop shipping or Amazon or eBay, you know, or maybe he just doesn't want to do anything and he just wants to invest. Right. And so what we did was me, Brandon and Travis, Brandon Odom and Travis Fox. They're my business partners in ACE. And we got together and we're like, let's build this thing, man. Like, I mean, what do we got to lose? Let's, I mean, we got the influence, people believe in us, people trust us. And you know, we think that there's something missing in the industry. And so we built this platform based solely on the fact that we are not, we don't care how you want to make money and let's bring it all together and you decide your own path and then you decide how to create generational wealth. The idea and the problem in this industry of making money online, is that people want to flex how they make money online. They want to buy cars, they want to buy jewelry, they want to buy all this shit, the flex, the shoes, the clothes, you know? Like and I'm not against it. I don't care about it, but when you're getting started in the industry, this is how your ego gets built. Mm-hmm. Because you made money and now you start getting all dressed up and looking fancy and then you start building this ego because you think you're better than the guy that's not wearing that shit, that's not wearing that fuck or driving that fucking car. You know? And instead what ends up happening is those people spend all that money and then they fucking lose it all. Like we talked about earlier in the call is that they lose it all because right. they didn't know what to do with the money because there was no direction and they never made money like this before. Mm. Right. Yeah. And suddenly their world comes crashing apart and they're next, next thing you know, they're, they're back at a job or they're scrounging to find any way to sell anything to just make a couple hundred bucks, yeah. you know? But had you had guided them in the correct manner where it was like, listen, okay, you've made some money. Congratulations. I'm happy for you. You fucking hustled and you deserved it. But now you need to understand how to invest that money. And unless you invest that money, I can promise you it's going to be fucking gone because you need that money making money for you. And this is how you're going to create generational wealth, right? Mm -hmm. Rich means nothing. You can be rich and then you can go broke. Generational wealth is something that I've always been interested in because I had nothing passed down to me when my dad passed away. Nothing. Right? Mm-hmm. Actually, I got sixteen hundred dollars when I turned 18 years old. And that ended up having to pay for my dog to get bailed out of fucking a uh, little boarding thing that I put him in because I wasn't allowed dogs at one of my rental properties. <laughs> right. So, you know, and so the way I look at it, it was like, listen, I want my son to know that I've done my job and I've taken care of my family so that when the day comes that I die, I watch my mom struggle for years before she met my stepdad, trying to feed four kids. And, and all she was doing was babysitting and carpooling.
0: Yeah, like,
1: and my brother, I remember my brother's soccer team coming to my house after my dad passed away, bringing all these groceries and people always trying to help us. And my mom just like heartbroken that she can't get us like, in the right direction. I was like, fuck man, like, I'm gonna die one day. Like, that's the reality of this. You're all going to fucking die. Every single person on this call, you're going to die. Now, what are you going to do to ensure your family is going to be okay when you're gone? And I was not willing to rely on a job in the oil field to ensure because they don't care. They didn't give a shit about me. Why the fuck would they care about my family? Mm. Right? The only person that cares about you and yours is you. And so what are you willing to do for that? And I don't know about you guys, but I'm willing to do whatever the fuck it takes. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And so that's when Ace was formed. We want people to not just make money. We want people to know how to create generational wealth, where to invest their money and have a way of doing it so that they they know that me, Brandon and Travis are trustworthy enough that we are vetting every single company. There it's not that they don't understand that there's risk because there's risks in everything. But they understand that we've mitigated it to the, to the highest it can be mitigated, you know? And so now we have these, you know, people coming in, they're slaying their businesses, they're investing their money and now they're thinking 20 years ahead. They're not thinking of right now and the satisfaction they need. Because let's face it, I mean, I love material shit and I have my own material shit. I'm not saying that I don't. Mm-hmm. But I know when it was a good time to buy or not because a goal of mine has been to always buy a Lamborghini and fucking last year I just about went and did it. And then I stopped and thought about it and was like, this is fucking stupid. Don't do this. Yeah. You don't need this yet. Right. And mm-hmm. so, and I don't know if I'll ever need it, you know, yeah. but my dad, myself, I was a car guy. I've always been a car guy and I bet you'll happen one day, but
0: man, that's such a good points, but that shows your evolution as a leader too, to realize like what matters, right? <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, and I think it's partial is because of the fact that I was doing the exact opposite yeah. just five years prior. I was ruining lives. And now yeah. I'm trying to fucking make up for it, right? Yeah. Uh, like, you can only do this for so long. And and like, the idea is like, are you going to create a legacy with this? Like, yeah, And that's my plan, man. Like, I'm going to do it. There's no question about it.
0: So you got, you got an amazing, crazy event coming up. Gary Vaynerchuk, Tom Bilio, Nicole Arbor is gonna be emceeing it. Walk us through this Unify event, bro. Because if you guys listening out there haven't seen it, fucking look at the video. We'll have it. We'll have all the links ready for you to check out. But you put together an awesome video, and anybody that sees that's gonna to wanna to come. So walk us through this event, brother, and how did this happen?
1: Yeah. So Unify was originally an Australian-based event. A couple of our business partners got together. Early last year, and we decided let's let's do a JV and let's do an event in Australia. Yeah. Because we do have a big Australia audience as well. And we were like, let's do it, let's do an event out there. And they had an event already out there that was called Unify. And we we're like, we're JV in this. Yeah. Let's get together. And it just so happens that the name Unify was perfect for the scenario because we're actually unifying at this point and yeah. becoming partners, business partners in this, in this event field. And so we did this event, we had a good turnout. It wasn't anything like it was gonna be, like it's gonna be this time, but it was a good indicator that we knew what we were doing and that we could scale this and become what we see to be one of the leading events coming up for 2020. And so we had a massive turnout in Australia. People loved it, we had an amazing time. And so we're like, listen, like. You know, that was just a taste of what we want to do with this. You know, like, let's really like, just put it all on the line. Like I'm talking like I, we are literally willing to lose it all for this event. And that has been, although stressful, fun at the same time. And like, the the thing is, is like I've learned over the last five years that you're going to just be playing under pressure all the time, you know? And, you can never really function properly if you're functioning out of anger or stress or any of that and you just really have to get comfortable under pressure right and so over the last you know 5 years that I've been in this industry I've just learned the skill set of like hey there's a lot of pressure there's a lot of things that are riding on this there's a lot of money riding on this but you know what this is why I'm doing it is because I love the game you know like this is something that I'm passionate about like Dude, I'm nervous. Like, yeah. You know, like who That's wouldn't? a good nervous
0: though, right? Yeah, that it's, shows it's, that you're fucking alive as a human like that. Yeah. Adrenaline, right?
1: Yeah, some people don't see it that way though. They're like, you know what? I'm not willing to lose it. I don't want to lose it. I don't want to try.
0: But I'm willing to lose it
1: only solely on the fact because I now know how to get it back. Right? Yeah, and so comment. that's the difference between making money and actually having some form of talent that you can really put into something and forever make money. And so I'm willing to lose it all. I've lost it before and I've gained it all back. Like this is not new to me and this is not new to my partners. You know, like we've all been there and anyone in this industry has been there. So we're like, let's throw it all on the line. We got Gary Vaynerchuk, Tom Bilyeu, Nicole Arbor, Brendan Kane, Amy Landino, Sonny Leonard doozy. Like this event is stacked.
0: Some of the the big hitters there, huh? (laughs) Yeah, bro. Like it's
1: going to be an amazing event, dude. Like It was in Las Vegas at the Venetian theater. This theater is a double decker theater. It is super class, bro. It's probably never been done in the Venetian. Like we're going to do it in the Venetian. Uh, And like, I mean, I've spoken on many stages now, but bro, I still get nervous. You know, and yeah, on this one, this one, that we got some really big speakers coming, you know, and I know I've watched their content. I see it every single day, you know, and I know they're good. And so, you know, um, my the plan is, is just to come into this, like, and, and the way that I really look at it and to just kind of take the pressure off of everything is like, for the last five years, the way I've always looked at things is like, bro, I don't, like, I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks of me. I don't yeah. even give a shit if they get any value from what I say. I know for a fact that I've done something right for this, from this point. And so I'm not even comparable to some of these speakers and to compare myself would only be degrading myself. Yeah. Right. And so I go into this thinking like, man, I'm going to crush it in my, in my eyes, I'm going to crush it. And the only real people that I give a shit about that are going to be in that room are the people that I know and my family Yeah. outside of that. If I don't know you, and you're going to be judgmental. It's like, come up on this stage and do it. It is hard, man. It is really hard, you know? And, but I love it. It's the game. It's again, one thing that's testing me every single time I get on stage, I I'm confident. I'm not scared, but it tests you. Like, how good are you going to be? How many times are you going to do this? And, And I don't think it's ever going to go away. That subtle, like heart palpitation just before they call your name you
0: know oh, man i i feel like that's what makes life fucking worth living though man is yeah. having that you Bro. know that right before a big game or a big i'm sure even the b- biggest speakers in the world still have that that like you know i mean not not as in like it's probably evolves it probably changes but you still get that fucking rush
1: yeah
0: like that like that euphoria yeah
1: I mean, when you look at it, when you go to a concert, it's like, man, like that guy must be just when he gets off that stage must just be vibrating with energy. You yeah. Know? Like what a rush, you know? Yeah. And that is a very similar feeling that you get. Like I get, you know, like I get on stage, you get this first rush when you get on stage. And then once you start getting into it, you calm down. But after, when you get off stage, you get this level of exhilaration, you know where it's just like man like if i can do this cuz i was a kid like in school like i skipped public speaking like i don't, i'm not like i'm not i'm I was not going
0: to ask I, you I, if you did toastmasters or anything along the way no man i did no, good for you really,
1: Yeah, good for you so i'm not i came into this like i remember the first time i ever spoke on stage i was spoke after lunch which by the way is the worst yeah. you know cuz everyone's lethargic and like oh, you're lethargic good. and so I came up on stage and I was tired, bro. Like I was like, oh no, like I'm tired, you know, like this is not good. And I do my ritual before I get on stage. I do the same thing. I get on my knees and I'm like, you don't give a fuck. You don't give a shit. You don't give a fuck. You're confident. You love this shit. This is why you're doing it. It's for the growth, you know? And I just start fucking pumping myself up. And as soon as I get on that stage, man, like I'm ready. You know, and, and then once you get off that stage, dude, it's, it's a, it's a moment in life that you'll never forget and you'll never regret. Yeah. Fuck yeah, man. It's amazing, man. It's amazing.
0: Oh, bro. Awesome. So who, who is this event for? Let's, and then, you know, then we'll just, we'll say where everybody can check you out and find out all the information, but who needs to be there? Does everybody, does the, the, this experienced entrepreneur, the beginner who needs to be there, brother?
1: Yeah, I think it's pretty, pretty well versed in who can be there. You know, like, I don't I don't like excluding people. And this is why we tried to pull in, you know, females, males, like, you know, soft spoken, very hard. And like, to the point, like, yeah. we want everybody to get something from this and see somebody that they love. Because I know, you know, some people, they don't like Gary B because he swears, yeah. you know, it's like, well, you know, you don't have to watch that if you don't want to, but you're missing out because if that's the reason why you're not going to watch somebody, then that's a very sad reasoning for yeah. it because, yeah. you know, like it's not, why be judgmental, you know? Yeah. So I get to the point where it's like, I want just about everyone. I don't care if you're 15 years old or if you're 55, it doesn't matter to me or hundred, it doesn't matter. Like, I want you to come to this event, experience the event and the environment that you're going to surround yourself with. I mean, this event I've had, like hundreds of people hit me up trying to speak at this event, right? Like just about everyone has been trying to speak at this event. So if you really look at it, all those people are going to try to at least make it to the event and the people that you're going to meet at this event. I mean, you're, you're talking about Tom Bilyeu's following, you know, he's a massive following with quest nutrition and his impact theory, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, who's pretty omnipresent all, all across the board on social media And the people that follow these people are very high level people, but there's also people that are just getting started. Right. And so the people that you're going to meet at this event, and to me, the most important piece to the event is the people that you're going to meet at the event, because these people are the people that you need to know to get your business from here to here. Yeah. And without those people, like that's how I've excelled, man. Like I'm not good at everything. And I understand that. And I've never question that about myself. Yeah. Like I have talents and things that I'm particularly good at in this industry. And the one thing that I, I pride myself on is being good at finding people that can help me. And in return, I can help them. So some form of value exchange, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's what every single person needs to learn. I have this guy, we're in negotiations right now. He is a master networker. He networks with billionaires. He's networked with Elon Musk and some other big names. And that's what he's good at, you know? And so it's like, bro, you know how far in life you can go with just that skill set of knowing how to get out there and network with people and get into those circles? Yeah. Like, you could change your entire life just by getting into those circles. And that's here's great. your opportunity. Yeah. 1,700 people. I can promise you there's going to be someone that can help you.
0: Awesome, man. Yeah. Awesome. Where can we find you and where can they check out for the, for the event?
1: Yeah. So you can go to unifyvegas.com. If you want to get tickets to unify, we're sold out. I think we're almost sold out of VIP GA is the only remaining tickets left. And this will be on March 26th to 27th. And you can find me on Instagram on Bri- at Brian D Hodgson. That's B R Y A N D H O D G S O N. That's my that's what I'm trying to get on TikTok. I'm actually start I got one trending video on TikTok.
0: Yeah. I'm getting no, I'm getting it, bro. Yeah. Gonna,
1: it's better than Instagram in terms yeah, of I
0: know, I know. Fuck. I just I go on and I'm like, oh man, I this is <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I get caught up watching I don't even know <laughs> what to do. I'm like, what do I do? <laughs> just dance, just dance, bro. Yeah. yeah, fuck. <laughs> oh bro, this is this is awesome. We'll make sure everything's in the show notes clear for everybody i really appreciate you coming on man no, bro,
1: it's been an absolute pl- pleasure i'm actually pumped because uh, you're coming to unify
0: yeah brother it's gonna be and, and you're gonna be on the mic
1: bro like, yeah. like this is where you thrive and i love it like
0: yeah no man i'm so excited and well,
1: here's the crazy thing for those of you guys who are watching like i remember when when lance started this whole thing like this was not long ago bro and you built this thing like fast yeah. Like compared to other podcasts that I've seen, like you've built this thing up. I mean, Grant Cardone and like big speakers have been out here.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Congrats. man. It's been a fucking, it's been a lot of work, but you know, I, I'm honing in the energy that I, like you said, that I, that I I'm passionate about connecting with people and having conversations and being able to share, you know, my story yeah. on a platform and be able to share theirs. And that's kind of where it's for me. I was really missing in my life man and it's just it's taken off and I'm just fucking blessed man I feel yeah, yeah, crazy
1: it's good, it's good. Yeah,
0: so well bro I always just end with one question my one staple question out of all the shit you've gone through what is what is one lesson that adversity has taught you
1: one lesson that adversity has taught you
0: ooh I leave the easy ones for the uh, end to
1: be a to be a little harder man. I mean, I'm not going to lie, I was soft. I was a lot softer than I thought I was, and I've always been like soft-hearted, I think. And I feel like with a little bit of adversity, I've managed to become a lot harder and not take things so offensively and personally. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you're coming up, you're going to be challenged, especially with the new day and age that we're in now where there's a lot of keyboard warriors, like there's a lot of things that are going to yeah. challenge your your personality. And there's a lot of people that will allow that to break who they are and become very insecure. And I feel like I've managed to overcome a lot of that and stay secure and actually laugh at the fact that when somebody says something that I don't necessarily agree with or that they're trashing me or whatever, and it's sometimes true, you know, like I look at their perspectives now and I look at things from a whole different place where it's like, Listen, that person is thinking this way. Now, I could get angry about this, or I could think differently about this, or I can actually look at how are they thinking first, right? Put myself in that person's shoes, look at everything from their angle with a non-biased opinion from my personal feelings, and then deal with the situation. And I feel like that was probably the biggest adversity I'd ever, I'd ever overcome and probably the best thing that I ever learned in my business.
0: Fuck. Yeah, man.
1: Hell yeah. Solid. Yeah. Awesome, man.
0: Dude. So pumped. Can't wait. Everybody make sure to check out the Unify event, get your tickets. Everything's in the show notes, check out all Brian's stuff. And of course, ACE, Ace initiative, you guys, this is a great fucking program for anybody that wants to create, you know, become an entrepreneur and there's so many different steps along the way that you, can, that you can participate in and learn from. So these guys are the best. Travis, Brandon, and Brian, the three of them are fucking amazing dudes. They bring a great dynamic. So make sure to check it out. Dude, thank you so much, brother.
1: Thank you, brother. Appreciate you, man.
0: Brian Hodgson, everybody. Thank you, everybody. As spoken about, we're going to have all the information in the show notes, nice and clear for you to go get your tickets for Unify Check out ACE Initiative. It's a great platform. Architects create on, creating entrepreneurs. Whatever step of the journey, there is something for you in there. And these guys, Brandon Odom, Travis Fox, Brian Hodgson, they're all, it's a great dy- dynamic of leadership and mentorship that'll help you get to where you want to go. So highly recommend checking them out. Also, follow Brian on all his social media platforms. He's a fantastic guy. Very talented in video. He's got some great videos out there. So make sure to check him out. Love you guys. I appreciate you. We'll see you at Unify. Have an amazing day.